In this episode of the Business of E-Commerce, I talk with Nathan Ellering about adding systems and processes to your marketing. This is the Business of E-Commerce, episode 94. Welcome to the Business of E-Commerce, the show that helps e-commerce retailers start, launch, and grow their e-commerce business. I'm your host, Charles Plesky, and I'm here today with Nathan Ellering. Nathan heads up marketing at CoSchedule, which helps marketers stay focused, deliver projects on time, and keep their team happy. I asked Nathan on the show today to talk about how you can add more systems and processes into your marketing process. Hey, Nathan, how are you doing today? Uh, doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I love this topic. Um, I'm a big nerd when it comes to adding processes into marketing. And I think that's like literally one of the keys to success um, on kind of not just like uh, not just starting, but uh, continuing. Right. Because it's very easy with anything marketing to kind of launch a blog, launch a podcast. But the hard part is, you know, actively doing it every week or every month, or whatever your schedule is. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you want to nerd out on this stuff, this is, I eat, live and, and breathe this stuff. Um, and, and agree, like it's very easy to launch something and then you just kind of, then what, right? Especially with something that's ongoing, like your podcast here. Yep. And that's the thing with marketing, right? That it's, um, I've heard the expression before. It's like, it's like brushing your teeth, right? Like where if you brush your teeth once, it literally does nothing. Like there's no benefit, but you basically have to do it every single day for your entire life. And then it'll be great. Like you'll, you'll have great teeth and everything will be perfect. Kind of writing one blog post is probably kind of the same thing, right? You, you launch one, no one, nothing's really going to happen from it, but you need to have some, some sort of consistency. And to do that, you need to process, right? And, and that's the only way you're going to grow. Um, doing it once just isn't going to move the needle. Yeah. I, I actually really like that, um, analogy. Uh, the, the one thing that I, I say well, I, something I, similar. Is I, like, didn't, I didn't make it up myself, so I did take that. From some, I don't know who I credit that from, but I don't want to take credit for that. So, <laughs> But uh, you've stolen it wisely. I like it. Thank you. Um, something that I say, too, is like very related to that is, um, you know, publishing one piece of content versus publishing 10 pieces of content. What do you think is going to get bigger results? Right. Like same thing. Uh, consistency is important. So let's say, you know, someone's doing some sort of marketing right now. They do the, you know, random blog post here and there, like they kind of do the, the one and then two months later they do another one and then they don't do anything for the next six months or same thing with podcasting. Um, I think we've all heard of uh, pod fading. I think the term is where you launch the first 10 and then just kind of, you know, yeah, that's it, good. Yeah. And you, you go into the uh, Apple store, right? The podcast directory and you see a lot with like three episodes and they kind of just from 2015. So a lot of people kind of go through. This is not a, uh, you know, if this happened to you and you're listening, you're not the only one. This happens to a lot of folks. So what would you yeah. kind of recommend people do when they're launching something new to make sure it's on the right track? Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that, that I like to think of is start slow. Um, especially with a blog or a podcast, you know, the examples that we're using, it's easy to get overwhelmed with all that you should do. But really what you need to do is one thing at a time. Um, and it's just fine to start with like, if you're starting a blog, um, write one article and after that's done, write another. Um, and after a while I would think about the consistency of them. Um, it's really easy and it's a, it's a good practice to kind of borrow from, uh, the news of the world or the media of, um, uh, cadences, right. Uh, but first just prove to yourself that you can 
actually create that content and put it out there. And after a while, maybe commit to um, publishing every Monday. And what they'll do is literally kickstart like, oh, if I want to publish next Monday, I better be writing now. And it'll help you to think in that mindset of a proper cadence. Um, and then as you start to nail every single Monday, uh, just add in more days and um, go from there. Uh, an analogy here too that I really like is a, um, I really like Metallica and uh, Kirk Hammett's lead guitarist of Metallica. Um, he is a great guitarist in my opinion, but um, you know, he didn't just pick up that guitar on day one and rock. Uh, what he needed to do was practice and start slowly. And after a while he built up the skill and built up the skill and you need to think about something similar with your blogging or your processes for anything is, uh, at first it takes a little bit of time to learn. And then after a while, um, what you want to do is just build up your skill set, And from there, uh, just start publishing whatever it is as consistently as you can. Yeah. I think that just getting started thing that, you know, I talked to a number of folks on here and, and all different kind of, um, all different kind of parts of the business, but that's really one of the biggest things is just start something. But then, like you said, you need to get that cadence going. Right. So when you say once a week, what I think what happens to a lot of folks is they start that cadence and they say, Hey, I'll do this once a week. And Sunday night rolls around on the third week and you know, they're tired. They kind of, they wait till the last minute, they life got in the way, that sort of thing. And they say, Oh, well, we'll, you know, we'll do it tomorrow. And then something happens tomorrow, Monday morning, push it off till Tuesday and the hit will start next week. And it just kind of snowballs down from there. Um, what do you kind of recommend so that that kind of stuff doesn't happen? Um, habits. Um, uh, like what I've thought about for when, when I joined co-schedule is back in, um, uh, 2014. And what we wanted to do was at the time, just purely a consistent blog. Um, and in order to have a consistent blog, uh, what I did was I just built up a habit of like, um, every Monday I would get in and that kind of just be my cue as I sit down at my desk and, uh, Monday morning, you have to write a blog post, just have to do it. Like I blocked off time on my calendar. I just made it every Monday. That's the thing that I do is write. Um, and I don't let anything distract me from it. And there was going to be a lot of things that would distract me from that. Right. But like, it's just this, uh, commitment, um, to making it happen. Uh, so, I mean, like all things, if you care about it, you'll do it. Um, so it, it, I think it can be that simple. Um, if you want to succeed, just figure out what kind of works for you personally and then stick to it. Um, but habits are a very good way of doing that. Like the key routine reward. Um, if you want to look up the power of habit by Charles Duhigg, definitely recommend that, um, as a method to do whatever you want to do, uh, consistently. Yeah. I think what a lot of people kind of fall victim to, right. Is you can put something on your calendar. And if I have a meeting with you, I know that and it's, you know, socially wrong just not to show up, right? Like if we have this meeting scheduled 9am, if one of us just doesn't show up, we both know that's like not the right thing to do. But I think what a lot of folks fall victim to is they put right blog post on the calendar at 9am and something happens and they don't show up to, they like, they're alone in this meeting, but they don't show up and do it at that point. They kind of just let it, let it slide because it, it's just a meeting with them. And somehow that, if it's just a meeting for them, they take that in lesser regard than if it's a meeting with another person. And 
I don't know why that is and how to get out of that, but I've definitely seen that as the thing that kind of gets people. Yeah, that's a that's a, a good way to look at that is maybe like if you had a meeting with someone else, you're having your meeting with yourself, you wouldn't sh- you're, you wouldn't just not show up, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, I like that. Um, I don't know. It, like, hold yourself accountable. Um, it kind of just, you know, at that point, it's it's your person and you're making excuses it is my honest opinion. Um, if you want to be successful, you will. I don't know. It sounds very Gary Vaynerchuk there, but no, but but it's true. I mean, Gary Vaynerchuk, he's he's uh, popular because a lot of things he's very right on. That's the thing. When he says things like that, it, like it's yeah. actually, it's not it's not incorrect. Um, and that's really yeah. the thing, right? That you have to hold yourself accountable. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, his whole thing's like just work hard, right? And success follows. And there's actually some truth to some of that simplicity. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But what sort of, when we talk about systems, what sort of systems can you start to put in place to actually make um, this whole process a little easier? Yeah, um, something that I, I think about is um, obviously workflows. Um, I I like to think about um, just purely before anything else is organization. Um, so as you're thinking about system and processes, uh, getting organized as a whole can help so that you have some of these time, this time for those things. Um, we've done some research at CoSchedule and um, something that we found was that organized marketers report being way more successful, like 397% more successful than unorganized marketers. And I think um, a big reason for that is simply because if you're organized, you spend less time coordinating work and more time actually completing it, uh, which, you know, it makes a lot of sense, but it's like uh, I see marketers all the time who like have a bunch of stuff in spreadsheets and then they use their email inbox for matching things. And then they've got Slack and Trello and then Asana. And it's like all these other things that they feel like they're doing work, but they're really not. And it's really disconnecting um, themselves from actually completing work. It's like this it makes you feel busy, but it's not actually accomplishing things. Like if you actually ship content instead of coordinating it, you have a larger chance of reaping results. Um, and so I see a lot of, you know, just getting down to the very basics of organizing yourself and your team uh, being a huge step um, forward for implementing processes that can help you, you know, move work forward. Yeah. And, one of the things about processes too, I think a lot of people, they resist building them because as soon as you start, you realize, wow, this is really complicated. There's a lot of nuances. Um, so you quickly kind of, I don't know, you get like discouraged, but I think just same thing with everything else. Like you were just saying, just taking like a first pass at it and having that first draft of saying, you know what, this is basic, but at least it's a outline of the process that we can start to follow. And then as you run through it once, you start to kind of fill in the lines and the more times you run through it and then ex- like the very first time a third party, another person runs through it, all of a sudden it becomes a process. But like, you got to start it somewhere, right? Yeah. And I think that's, yeah, that goes back to some of what we were just talking, right? Like you can try to do everything all at once and that's going to be really hard for anything to stick really. Um, So if I were to recommend like, you're listening to this and you think, wow, there's so much I could do. Uh, where I'd start is just pick pick one project, um, and specifically if it's something marketing operations, so something that's repeating, uh, like uh, the podcast process, for example, of what we're doing right now. Um, 
and focus on just one thing. Um, talk to the people who are involved, uh, talk to stakeholders, um, you know, what, what is all involved in it? Is it the actual work getting completed? What about the design, the, you know, approval processes with stakeholders and just pick it apart piece by piece, um, and see what you can eliminate. Um, that's actually something that I've borrowed from, um, a book from the old CEO of Intel. Uh, it's, man, what is his name? But it's a really great process. Basically, uh, you look at every step in the process and then you pick out parts that just don't need to be for internal bureaucracy or approvals. Maybe like when you first started this, you know, for example, this podcast, you had 20 more steps, but you just don't need them in your process anymore because it's like, you know, second nature and just see what you can strip out. Um, and that would be the very first thing to do is just what don't you need to do anymore and quit doing it. Well, the other thing too that I've noticed is once you start mapping it out, is then you realize not just what doesn't need to be done, but also what shouldn't I be doing personally. Um, so this podcast, an easy example, I think per episode when I started, it would take me, and maybe I'm not good at this, but I would literally be spending like 12 hours per episode to publish one. I know it sounds like ridiculous, but just from like talking to guests, like planning the episode, um, editing it, getting the video uploaded, like all that work was taking quite literally like the entire day of time. Like every episode was taking a day per week. So it wasn't very sustainable by splitting out some of these tasks to say, okay, you know what? Maybe I'm not the best person to edit it. I have a great editor now that all of a sudden that huge chunk just isn't on my place. It's part of the process, but not my role in the process. Right. So you can still keep some of the tasks in the process. And that's the other thing. Um, cause some are crucial, but maybe you're just not the best person to do it. And it just turns out I'm not the best video editor. I'm actually very slow at it. So better yeah. off to have an editor help with that. And that took a ton of work and that got that piece of the process off my plate. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that too. Um, something that our CEO Garrett Moon always says is like, what are the few things that only you can do? And so I think about that all the time and then, uh, you know, obviously, uh, delegate from there. How would you apply something like a blog post or something like that where, you know, it needs to, there are, there's quite a few steps, right? There's like the creative process of like, what are we going to write about? There's the actual writing, there's the coming up with images, they, you know, and there's all the other stuff, actually publishing it, putting it on the different social channels, promoting it, pay, like there's this whole, this whole thing that needs to happen. How would you start at something like that and break that into separate steps? Yeah, I'm actually really glad that you brought that up because this whole time I was like, man, I think an example would be nice <laughs> yep. to share. Um, yeah, I, I love so, examples. I love like tactical, like something that someone listening could actually, because everyone has a blog and they always said, I should blog. And everyone, everyone listening probably says, I should blog more. So like, how would right. you build that process to make that easier for you? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, so back in... Uh, like 2014, uh, several years ago. Um, I think our blog post process had 20 different steps in it and they ranged from, uh, choose the keyword, think of the angle. Uh, is it right for the audience? Uh, write 25 headlines, choose the headlines. Uh, this is all before even writing the dang thing. Um, thinking about anything to do with visuals or design, publishing it, promoting it like through social email ads. Um, it was getting unwieldy and really it was a bunch of things that could be grouped together. For example, um, the whole angle bit that I was talking about, that can be 
done in advance in bulk by simply saying like, what are the areas that we think are content core for us? For, so for your business, something that we ask ourselves is, okay, what is it that we want to be known for? And what topics would people search for to find it? And that actually provides focus for every blog post that we write, and it doesn't need to be a part of the blog post process. So something I think about is um, what parts of your existing process should exist in separate processes. Um, so we take that completely out of the blog post process. It's done in advance. And by the way, it gives us more focus and helps us know that the work that we are doing is completely on strategy versus I got to write a blog post. I guess I got to choose a keyword and then make sure it's on strategy. Um, so basically I give my team complete freedom to choose any topic from a major list and move forward. Okay. Right? So you're so, breaking apart, you know, strategy and writing, for example, into yep. two separate, like they're two separate modes too, that when you're doing the strategy piece, you're not in writing mode and you can't just go from like strategizing to writing. Like it doesn't, for some reason you can't like change modes. So it's almost like takes a different day or a different person or a different whatever uh, to change that mode. So I like how you kind of yeah. broke them up into different, a whole different checklist basically. Yeah, I, I think that's really good too. Like you mentioned a different person, like it goes back to strengths too. Um, and it goes back to like, as, as a leader or as a strategist, it's providing permission for your team of makers. They just wanna make awesome stuff. That's what they wanna do. So give them a roadmap to follow so that they feel like they will be successful the moment they take on a project rather than starting to write that blog post and be like, ah, second guessing themselves. Is this right or is this wrong? Um, so we've just completely taken that out. Um, I would say a different part of, you know, specifically like a blog post is I, I was mentioning write 25 headlines and then write an introduction, write the body, uh, write a good conclusion. Um, we kind of noticed that there were tasks that were broken up that really didn't need to be, that should be clustered, uh, around one major task, like write the blog posts with, um, a definition of done attached to it. Uh, so this is something like before you check that off, like write the blog post is done. That means you agree that you have written the right headline. You have written that body. You have followed our standards of performance for what a blog post is um, and so forth. And then once you check that off, that's it. So for our blog posts, we really only have like four tasks associated with them because we've done this idea of taking processes out that don't belong in it and then consolidating tasks uh, together with that definition of done. So really a blog post is, and, and this will probably sound familiar to anybody, you write the dang thing you have someone design images or you find an image, um, you edit it and you publish it. That's it, right? Like uh, the promotion stuff is actually a separate process, whether it's like a social media promotion or email, it needs its own a separate thing. Uh, and that's at least for us because there are different people with different strengths and skill sets who are managing those areas. So you do need to account for how the work of the blog post should influence other sub teams, um, like the person managing your email and social media and make sure that there's this idea of, we're gonna have this blog post done on Thursday. So you should begin your um, you know, promotion process on X day. Um, but for the most part, uh, a lot of people don't, the, the process doesn't need to be more complicated than that. Um, 
And so I think a big problem with process is that it's a scary word uh, because we think of approvals and we think of like bureaucracy. And um, the thing is, if you kind of create a really good process, get that approved first and then execute the plan that you have been given, uh, I think that you can remove pretty much all approval um, and separate it, separate that into something else. Well, I like how you have that definition of done, right? So it's not a question of, is this right? It's defined what's right, what's wrong. Like it has to be between these criteria here, are the subjects. So it's not something that you need to wonder at the end, like, oh, did I do this right? Like you have the definition of right and you either succeed in all those bullet points or you fail and you have to go back and rework something, but you're able to kind of just run through and define, is this actually done yourself without kind of going through an approval and doing it that way. So you're more kind of catching exceptions of somebody missed something um, versus every time having a third party run through to say, oh, this is done and then check the box. Right. Uh, yeah. And I think it's, it's really helpful for the people making it. Like they want clear direction um, and they want to be able to check that off knowing that they're successful. Um, so something that we like to do is just make sure that those expectations are known up front uh, because it prevents a whole lot of thrashing at the end. Otherwise, you know, for our blog post example, someone could write it and then be like, this is completely off, but how do you explain why it's off? Um, why not clarify that from the beginning so that they can be successful? Um, yeah, there's a bunch of, you know, stats around why not having process is a very bad thing, um, causing team frustration, causing turnover. Um, frustration literally makes people work harder. They have to like, um, take twice as long to complete well-learned tasks. Uh, there's a bunch of uh, research about that. So it's like, you know, just even thinking about a simple process and optimizing one little thing within your organization can do for being able to complete more work, uh, doing it faster, um, improving your marketing value uh, is it's, it's pretty beneficial. How do you kind of work that whole, uh, what's the best, I'm trying to think of a way of explaining it. When you're running through this yourself, you have this like this internal checklist and there's this decision tree. But then when you hand it off to someone else, you're basically trying to say, follow the same decision tree that I would. But any kind of tips on how to give them that decision logic? And I know there's kind of a definition, but it's usually fuzzy on, well, if this, then that. And there's always like if cases, if else cases, right? And it's hard to kind yeah. of put that in one document on, you know, this is like branching logic. Any kind of tips on how to do that sort of stuff? Yeah. Yeah, um, uh, I'll, I'll give an example, and it relates back to um, blogging uh, just a little bit. But um, when we started the blog at CoSchedule uh, way back, um, we were doing tons of experimentation on what worked to connect with our audience. And um, then what we did was we literally looked at our data and started researching um, what are our top visited blog posts, what are our top ones that people subscribe to. So what we did was we used data to define um, and look through those blog posts to find um, that standard of performance I was talking about. Um, and what, what that ended up being was that there are several qualities that every blog post at CoSchedule needs to reflect. And that's um, that it's keyword driven so that people can find it when they need to find it. I mean, 
everybody uses Google to find things. So that's, we found that was number one, well suited for the audience, number two. Um, and that was comprehensive. Um, this is something no one else was doing before, uh, is like trying to be the one stop place where you can learn everything on a single topic within one post. Um, and then the fourth one was that that post provided extra value in exchange for an email address. So how do you teach a team then to uh, of different writers that they need to follow suit with those four huge traits? Uh, we literally wrote it down. Um, uh, there's a bunch of research that says writing down your strategy will make you more successful. We definitely found that out. We wrote it down. Um, and then we literally just talked every single day as a team about what was working and what wasn't. Um, we embraced some agile terms or agile um, methods uh, such as Scrum or daily standup where we talked about what's going well, what's not going well, uh, what can we do better. And through that, we worked together to iterate. Um, and since then, I've handed off the blog uh, to, uh, at the time, our blog editor, Ben, who's handed off to now our uh, content marketing strategist, Leah. So we've handed over the reins multiple times and it's, the blog has only gotten better um, over time. Uh, so I think it boils down to actually documenting things and uh, making time to communicate. There's this big, uh, I don't know, like a, a faux pas or people don't like meetings. Um, and I think less communication is actually uh, a detriment. Um, I don't mind having more meetings, especially if those meetings are about doing better work. Uh, and so I'd say embrace that. It's actually a huge part of becoming an agile marketing team. Um, and agile teams are, are pretty successful. That's uh, something we found also through our research is that uh, marketers who embrace agile are something like three times as successful as those who don't. Yeah, I think it's people kind of shy away from meetings, but it's always, I've always kind of thought of it as more meetings without an agenda. Those are the ones that, you know, you're just meeting and you kind of have a couple things and it very quickly just devolves into, we're just going to talk about whatever. And those are the meetings that are the painful ones, right? Where they just seem to go on and you're at time and someone's still talking and it's, it's tough, right? But when you have that, those meetings and here's what we're going to do, and it might be maybe block off 30 minutes, but in the first you know, eight minutes, you get it done. You're like, oh, great, we did it. Hit the agenda. We're done. Let's go. Bye. Those are usually those meetings that are like the most, um, I don't, they're the most easy to schedule every week because you know we're just going to hit the agenda. It might only be a few minutes and then we're done with the meeting. And it's not this big thing that everyone kind of has to sit around and, you know, just it goes on and on. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I mean, th there's a reason why meetings have gotten bad raps, right? Um, but, um, I don't think that should cause you to not want to even set them up or like um, I, I don't even mind even during the days when something needs to be talked about to bring it up meeting agnostic um, specifically like, Oh, I, I wrote this blog post. I want to, you know, does this meet those criteria? Like there's a question I have about this. The fact that my team would be using those terms for the four criteria already a win and there's no way they would ever do it if I didn't hold them accountable or we weren't talking about it. Gotcha. Any kind of, when you, when we talked about before splitting up the process, when would you, any kind of rules of thumb of understanding when did the process get too large? When should we start? 
you know, refactoring and going back and revisiting is, this, you know, can we just cut, you know, get rid of some steps or can we go and break this big process off into separate small processes? Like when would you, when would you do that? I would think um, the moment that it starts to feel like you can do it without having a task list in front of you is probably the, the time to look back at how the process is because by that point, you've already internalized exactly how to do it yourself. Um, so there are probably things that just don't need to be written down anymore there um, or should be added to the definition of done for a different task. Um, it also, that's a good time for you to, to look at something brand new too. Um, so once something's down, like what else can you do? Because it, it literally means that you're saving time um, your brain's not working as hard to do the same amount of work that it used to two months ago or whatever it was. Um, so it's about time for you to start assigning your team uh, more work. Gotcha. Yeah, it's funny. I see people all the time not like they get good at it and they stop following the process. And the thing with that is if you've ever watched a, uh, you know, a, a surgeon or even like a pilot, they follow the they follow a process every time. Um, one time I went to a flight school and like, I want to try to fly a plane. Don't know why I did that one day. Um, and there's the instructor next to me. And the very first thing he does is he opens a little book and just starts running through like a checklist on like checking the oil, checking the brakes. And I'm thinking in my head, you, is this your first time? You've never done this before. And then I'm realizing oh, they just do this every time. Like no matter what they're doing the process every single time, just because yesterday they might've been on a different plane. They might've been whatever, different conditions. And every time they go through anything, they run through a checklist, even if they've done it already that day. Um, and I find that pretty powerful. And that's one of those things you should really, it, it does apply, right? That even if you know the process and you just did it, you should still run through the checklist because you can miss things. And same thing with surgeons too. You watch them and it's not their first time, but they run through the same checklist every time that kind of pre-op thing. And, you know, even there's some basic steps on there and they, they do the same thing every time. And there's a reason for that. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we follow like four process as a whole throughout the com or throughout the marketing organization, I'll say is we have a consistent way of beginning any project, even if we haven't done it. Um, and if we don't follow those steps, we always notice later on, like we begin executing and then it's like, oh, we missed step one, which is write a creative brief, which is basically, this is the project. This is the audience. This is the goal. This is how we're going to measure it. This is the actual deliverable of this thing. And if you ever skip that, then in, uh, begin creating, what happens is, is this fulfilling the strategy that we set forth in the creative brief? And when you hear, ah, oh, we didn't write a creative brief, that's, that always stinks. So um, we do the same thing. We create the uh, pre-flight checklist for each project first and then just execute the plan. Yeah, I like that. I think um, I do the same thing for the podcast. And I notice if I don't, I don't follow that checklist. Um, like one, one item is there's a phone right there and put it on, do not just shut the ringer off every time. And if I don't follow, and if I don't follow that, someone will definitely call in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> it's like almost a guarantee. If I skip any of these steps, uh, something bad will happen. So, and like, I've done that before where that phone rings in the middle and you're like, oh, I didn't follow the checklist. So there's, yeah. a, there's definitely a reason to follow it every single time. Yeah, definitely agree. Yeah. Awesome. I think this is super helpful. Um, if people kind of want to follow more about you, learn more about CoSchedule, what can they do that? Um, yeah, uh, CoSchedule.com is a good place. That's our website. Um, 
uh, learn a little bit more about CoSchedule as a, a marketing, a family of marketing products. Like we're, we're really about helping you get organized. Um, uh, as for me, um, I write a couple blogs there, so you can check out uh, CoSchedule's blog. Um, otherwise, connect with me on LinkedIn. I'd love to hear from you guys. Awesome. I'll definitely link to our show notes. Thank you very much for coming on today. Yeah, thank you. Thank <laughs> you.